0: Da, da, da. Welcome yeah.
1: to 4th Times the Charm, where niches need. I'm your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt. Monty is in a dark, secluded corner somewhere, we don't know, maybe in the spectral world.
0: Or in a translating cellar. Translating
1: and transcribing for his upcoming episode of The sunsets in the East. There you got or, it! As we like to say it here, Matt, tell us something, pal.
0: What's niche and neat up in your hood? (laughs) What was what was that like? Semi pause, like long out breath. There, that sounded like you went. Well, the
1: sun sets in the east. T S S I T E C.
0: The the second T is silent. Well, that is painful to listen to. Um. In my neck of the woods, I'm, you know, I'm, what's niche and neat for me, Ben, uh, there is a new release from the enigmatic group known as the Helvaic underground committee. Um, it's been a while since we've had a chance to really cover some good music on this show. Uh, it's and been what, a while since we talked about music at all. Yeah, I know. Here. It, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, yeah. And we need to bring it back. Just like our mid-year roundies coming up. Uh, well, not mid-year. End of year roundup is, ho- is hopefully coming back soon with uh, Nick and Kyle coming joins us. And an album that just may uh, appear on that is the new Kelvel album, Blunt Milch Thranen. Um is one of the uh, many projects that is directly associated with the Helvetic Underground Committee, the outstanding black metal circle um, from Switzerland. Um, and the uh, uh, project is most well known for its member, Ergeist, um, who's a member of, has released several music, and in, including under his own name, Ergeist, uh, Meister T, V. um, and other Swiss things that I can't read in Swiss. Uh, but it's a fantastic example of some of this medieval raw black metal that we see coming out of Switzerland and the Helvetic Underground Committee. So that's what I've been niche and needing. Ben, what did, what did you think of this album? Because I know you, surprisingly enough, took a listen. Uh, so I've been
1: listening to, uh, to a to a number of albums lately. For some reason, I only like really listening to music when it gets cold outside. I don't know if that's like a thematic thing. What's going to happen uh, when you move out of California? I'm probably going to listen a lot more. Let's hope. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I've been listening a lot more to try and come up with a top five list for my uh, albums of the year. And it, I feel like it's so much harder this year. And it's probably because I have more of an ear for it now. Yeah, you, your palate's
0: a little bit more developed.
1: Yeah, but but I feel like I'm in that sort of trough period where it goes from being like, you know, I think everything sounds good to now I'm like I'm like second guessing everything. Yeah, um, you did like
0: KFC it, Murder Chicks last year. I still stand by that. I still. Stand when was by the that? last time you listened to KFC MC? Like a month ago, still holds up. Uh, I have a hard time believing that, but I'll take your word for it.
1: Matt, I've stood by you on virtually every single album you've stood by. I yeah, need you to I like, stand I by like, me.
0: I like good music. There's nothing wrong. If Can you articulate what's bad about KFC Murder Chicks? Their music is annoying and overly abrasive, and it's something what's, that 17-year-olds like listen about to. It? The production what's value, about it? The, the tone of the voice of the singing. And-
1: you cannot stand on two feet. Or I sit can, in actually. that plush chair of yours it's not that plush, and, it's and critique kind of me ab- about about sound quality, about production <laughs> value? Yes, I
0: can, because I am a man who knows the depths. I know the anyway, full breadth of production
1: quality. I, I listened to the latest Quellgeist album. I guess, yeah, that's how you say it. K-V-E-L-G-E-Y-S-T. And or, I'm pretty sure it's going to be... In, in in my top five albums of the year oh shit like i bro there i i feel like whenever i find an album that's in my top five i just like know from like the first three songs like yep yeah, this is up there
0: it's just it, it's just it's the right flavor right it's like the right texture of 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 music for your brain it's
1: where for me the feeling yeah. is when it's a unique but but very welcome sound and then the more i listen to it the more depth i find like throughout it i don't know it's just no that makes complete sense uh
0: there's there's certain albums that just have this like impact to their sound you did you did you did you you listen to the new um uh meth for ash i did it's on
1: my long list okay i i gotta listen to it again
0: yeah, I, I, I really, feel like I
1: listened to it and I liked it, but like, I, I don't remember it really. So need, I got to listen to it. to
0: it in an environment where you can feel triumphant. Like it's an album so baked in like epicness that like when you're surrounded by something like that or in the mood to feel that way, it really enraptures you where Celtivests, I I guess that's how I'm saying it now. Um, really has this, I don't know, kind of all the Helvaic underground committee uh, music, including the, uh, the mini releases of Ungfell, have this like, like going for a nice walk. Like it's not like a nice walk necessarily, but it's like, there's this like bounciness to the movement of the music. Yeah. And it's interesting because it was an album that was recorded as two separate tracks which were subdivided into several movements to correspond with the album's gripping narrative. Well, I I will say,
1: I'm not sure what my top five is going to be, but I damn sure know what my disappointment of the year is going to be. Ooh. Ooh. The new Altark album. They were like form in motion was my album of the year two years ago. Oh, we remember that. I have never been so utterly heartbroken oh. by an album as I was with their twenty twenty three release. I I mean <laughs> I had the
0: same thing happen to me last year. The new the new Astrophobos album was one of the most like heart wrenchingly boring albums I've heard in a long no, no, time. No, no. From it a wasn't band boring. I loved.
1: It wasn't even boring. It was just bad because the first
0: Altark album.
1: We'll move off this quickly, but but the, there there will be more to say in the end of your review. <laughs> the Uh-oh. The Altark album that I enjoyed was a cacophony of music, but the music like played within itself, and it created this Titan esque like uh, melody of machine like noise. Okay. And I really liked and appreciated that. Then last year they came out with Autark 3, which was a three person version of the band and they slimmed it down. And the bass mechanics of the songs were still good. It was a fine side project. And now for this album, they've like combined the sounds of the two. And so it's a stripped back sound of the music. And the lead vocalist is just fucking screaming over everything.
0: Uh, in I mean, like a bad way. There's no purpose to it. Does it doesn't. I mean, like screaming in, in music to me, I think what delineates a lot of metals. Ah, perspective is, is when the, ah, the, ah,
1: ah, I. is not, Like I've listened to enough metal that I feel like I can understand when there is depth being applied to someone screaming, okay? Maybe that's me being presumptuous about what I know about metal music. But I know that this dude is screaming to fucking scream. I'm getting nothing out of it. If this dude was screaming in fucking form in motion in 2021, which he wasn't, I'd understand it. This 2023 album was like hurts my soul.
0: Yeah, clearly I can tell the pain that's seeping out of you.
1: I so disappointed. Like you, you I'm seem like these very guys
0: disappointed.
1: I, I, I can't even properly articulate this. Was, uh, Matt, I, I ask of you to please listen to this album. Oh, and, certainly. And then, and then see if you can understand what I'm saying here, like that's your homework here is to talk I,
0: about. I, I will give it my best effort that, that you can guarantee. I could barely get through the album. That's, that's barely. disturbing.
1: Yeah. And you know what my tolerance is. Yeah. You watched 1970s wrestling. I sure as shit do, but that has nothing to do with what I was talking about. What we were going to talk about today. Yeah. That, was, that hand, was a,
0: that was that was a secured as a root of anger. They brought us to where we are now.
1: It just really like brought out the worst in me. It was, it was, um, that, was a,
0: that was a real cornfield of pain. It is a very important time,
1: I feel like, as we near the holiday season. And as we approach a new year with new events, new surprises, new beginnings. I thought it would be a great idea. To take a look at a horror franchise that is all about beginnings and endings, comings and goings, what? children and corn. Yes, today will be our first episode looking at
0: the legacy Roll of the that.
1: Children of the Corn franchise. Yes, Matt?
0: Why? Why the fuck is this being introduced by like an HBO like documentary about dead children? That was that like was the pretty, most that
1: was all extemporaneous. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good, honestly.
0: It was like the most emotionless, like sad. Like you, it sounded like you were being punished. Like that, but like it was in just, a good a way. Hard, no, no, you didn't like, like it. Not, not, <laughs> no, not no. It was genu- oh. it was genuinely offensive. I, oh, okay. I feel I, I the only good part about it was you said I, so I didn't feel as associated with the intro. Oh, okay. Would you like me to try again? Can I can I give you a note? Yeah. The kind of the whole conceit of the fucking franchise has you haven't even watched the first whatever. All okay, right. <laughs> The whole conceit of the franchise is around a preacher. And so like the fucking idea of introducing the children of the corn series in like a non-directed way it lends itself inherently not to this is the movie we have decided to cover this week, which sounds like a, a like you're like on AM radio and you want to kill yourself. No, this, you got to preach. You got to break okay. out. This is a Nebraska cornfield preacher cult movie franchise. Okay, I don't know if my me...
1: microphone has the has the has the uh, dimensions for this, but I can I'll give it a
0: shot. All right, it it, it has the extreme dimension, and that's what it fucking needs. Because if if we get another slow slop intro like that, I'm fucking I'm going behind the rows. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna channel some of my inner Kentuckian. How's that yeah, sound? That's what you need. Okay. It's a
0: movie about a preacher kid who lives Trigger in right. corn and gets a bunch of adults to kill themselves. Though that's okay. not the movie we're talking about. Okay. But that okay. happened. Well here,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be uh, I'm gonna try and be a Kentucky preacher, all
0: right? Add in a little bit of the cocaine that Stephen King was doing when he wrote this book. We all love
1: Jesus, and we also loves ourselves some corn and the chillin'. Today, we gonna be taking a look at the Children of the Corn franchise. The second, the
0: second time was not the charm.
1: Okay, okay, give me one more shot.
0: Yeah, I'll give you One a more third, shot. I,
1: I'll give you a third go. Okay. Children,
0: corn. Any questions? If you had hit a but duh after that, I would have been more in than ever before. <laughs> There's there was too much of a pause. You get one last shot.
1: Maybe last this shot. time,
0: the fourth times will be the charm. Now, please, for the love of corn, give me something to work with here. I'm Freddy Krueger, what has his gloves? <laughs>
1: Michael Myers has his mask, Leatherface has the chainsaw, and these children have corn. Today, we're (laughs) beginning our journey into Children of the Corn.
0: She's dead. Probably not gone. That was, that was something fucking else right there. You didn't even mention the name of the main villain of the franchise.
1: <laughs> didn't need to. Didn't need to. Yeah. True.
0: Uh, we, true. We, we, we
1: are beginning this journey into the Children of the Corn franchise. Wow, super exciting! Uh,
0: the Children of the Corn <laughs> franchise <laughs> is wow, so exciting. Much excitement. <laughs> Movie. Yeah. Good. We talk big time, but wee see, wee a lot of people,
1: a lot of people have talked about children of the corn. A lot of
0: people like I'm,
1: corn. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to and we're be real. Doing not, something. Not many very...
0: people have actually <laughs> talked about children of the corn. It, <laughs> I sent you one video, Ben, because that was the only one out there. That was um, a popular video. Yeah, from a channel that's very popular. We're talking about Spooky spooky Astronauts video breaking down the entire franchise. Now, Ben and I have talked about breaking down several long, convoluted, unnecessary sequel-bait franchises. And I've tried for generations to get Ben to go down the Hellraiser route. Monty has refused to go down the Hellraiser route. We've tried to go down... The Puppet Master route, but there's like 15 of those movies, and man, I'm that is still a, down for I know, Puppet Master. We're still, we're still. I have like, might have. I have it, like
1: a whole, um, I I have like a whole way of going about the Puppet Master franchise that we just haven't gotten to.
0: We're not there. We will one day. This is our trial run. Now, unfortunately, covering the Children of the Corn franchise in order has its pitfalls. Primarily because there's only one actually like on paper, good children of the corn movie. And even that on is, paper. Like, is like, is on like on paper. Yeah. Cause it's the only one that has good reviews. Yeah. But like, what do people know? Exactly. Yeah. To your point. Exactly. But Ben, for some arbitrary reason last last week or it might have even been in our own one-on-one conversation you praised me for not shaming you for having seen a movie and i feel like in that moment it was justified now it's not because ben hasn't seen the fucking original children of the Corn* movie nor has he seen the god-awful direct to television 2009 remake or the new 2020 or 2023, depending on who you ask, shorter remake. Or, or any of them. Any of them. Now, I have uh, I until have, I have screened, Until today. In, until today. But I have screened Children of the Corn 3 Urban Harvest with many people. Because it's called Children of the Corn 3 Urban Harvest. Uh, and it's about a, a, a Nebraska corn cult in a city. And no movie has been as successful of bringing their villain to the city since Jason go, Takes Manhattan. As Children of the Corn 3 Urban Urban Harvest. But you might ask then, if we can't start with the beginning, where can we start? What what can we do to actually <laughs> dive into the Children of the Corn franchise?
1: Matt, I have a suggestion. Yeah. How about we start about 80% of the way through the franchise? at the end of like the second group of people who were making the movies.
0: You know what, Ben, I think that sounds just about genius. Now I, I want to, I want to solidify what Ben just said. So there are 10 now 11 total children of the corn films. That's a lot of corn. That is a lot of corn. Some of them barely have any corn in it. Um, now, we are going to go off of the timeline that is thus in 1984, the original children of the Corn* was released good movie, a lot of fun. Then between 1993 and 2001, there were six additional sequels made. Now, in my opinion, that is the original continuity of the franchise. Does it have an ending? No. Are we ever going to get an ending to the franchise? No, because your main villains, just Satan who likes corn. But in 2009, there was a direct-to-television, Fox um, 21-released remake. And then there were two sequels released in 2011 and 2018. I'm considering those three films as a separate continuity. So what we are really doing is starting from the end... Of the original continuity. You're not as good as pretending to fall asleep as I am when you talk about wrestling. Now, we are talking about the 2001 (laughs) release, Children of the Corn Revelation. And uh, so so we didn't didn't mean to watch that movie.
1: So this is the end of the first timeline. Yeah. Uh, uh, not, not the first timeline we're going to get to this is phase the, one the children of the corn yeah this is the end of phase one of the children this of the corn the franchise they they have the first movie in the 80s and then nine years later the sequel comes out and immediately after the sequel is a string of five sequels all the way through 2001 before it goes on hiatus so we it's like chose a randomizer we chose a randomizer. To decide what movie we would watch first in the Children of the Corn chronology. Or as I call it, the cornology. (laughs) And once we husked this DVD and got it up and running, we watched (laughs) Children of the Corn (laughs) Revelation. Okay, no, no, no.
0: We didn't didn't watch Children of the Corn Revelation. What we tried to do was watch Children of the Corn 4 The Gathering, and I accidentally mislabeled Children of the Corn 7 as Children of the Corn 4, and so we started watching Children of the Corn Revelations thinking we were watching Children of the, Four, uh, Children of the Corn 4 The Gathering while reading the plot on Wikipedia and, and still confused which one we were actually watching.
1: Yes, but it turns out it was the 2001 film Revelation, and so this is our first movie, and and Matt, since this is our first movie, yeah. I think our ultimate journey here, okay. beyond figuring out if the overall movie franchise is any good... I think we also need to find a way to empirically decide which of these Children of the Corn movies are the best ones. We're going to need to learn to rank them. And so I think today, while we're discussing Children of the Corn 7, Revelation, we got to start considering what items make a Children of the Corn movie better. And I'm going to start this out with what I think is a really good baseline to set how much corn is in the movie, right? There's children and there's corn. What's the level of corn in this movie. And before we get to plot, before we get to anything else, I would just like to say the amount of corn in this movie is lacking.
0: Well, I, you say, you say that now, but I think that's a statement of ignorance because you haven't seen the rest of the children of the corn movies yet. we have actual full rows of corn in this feature. Matt, I give the corn in
1: Revelation two out of five. A lot of CGI corn, not a lot of real corn, and the corn they do have looks pretty unhealthy.
0: What what I'll say about it, as I think in comparison to the other uh, Children of the Corn films I have seen, I think like the overall corn score, I I'd, I'd say yeah, a solid two, maybe a two and a half, but at the most okay. a two, because okay. like at least at least the corn. Is actually part of the movie, right? And there are there there's there's sentient there are, corn that attacks. People. There is corn. There's corn tendrils, but it never
1: really becomes more than that.
0: Well, it grows. There's no. Well, they eat corn. There's corn kernels. They take a bite a, out of the there's, corn, and there's there is te- there is symbolic well, actually, corn. Actually, technically, the apartment building the grandmother lives in is surrounded by a cornfield on one side, but we don't see that cornfield. Yeah, we see a section of corn. We see
1: a section of corn, but it's not a ton of corn that we see. Sure, there, I mean, there it's, is there's a implied. very small
0: subset of corn, right? It's which, which implied. Is why we're getting a two. It's we're implied. getting a two. Okay, a two out a two out of five, maybe a four out of ten. Fair enough. If it's on a ten scale, I'm giving it a three point five.
1: Let's give a quick rundown of the story. Okay. There is a woman whose grandmother has disappeared. And a disparu for our one listener in France. Bienvenue.
0: They're not here anymore. (laughs) Yeah, so so Jamie (laughs) Lowell returns to Omaha, Nebraska, after trying to find her missing grandma and having some... To terrifying dreams now in classic slasher film franchise style jamie goes to look for her, can't find her goes to the cops and they go well too fucking bad and uh, yes. she finds out that the apartment complex is full of weird children dressed like amish people um and so we're we're not too far into the world of chaos yet but we're getting there uh, we later meet a creepy priest who turns out to also be a- possessed by He Who Walks Behind the Rose. It might be conveyed that it's oh Isaac. Oh my god, from he just disappeared, movie. didn't he? No, I think he became the kid at the end. So, okay, as you can tell from this movie, there are some <laughs> characters who are really just it's sort kind of, of they there. sort of phase in and out a little bit. So so the the movie sets up a couple main characters. So we got the two little kids who are just like fucking creeping around and playing arcade games. They got the old priest who's lurking in the background the whole movie. We got Jamie played by Claudia Mink who's a you know your standard concerned scream queen type of character. And then we have the cops. Um, I don't remember any of the cops names, um, and they don't matter because they don't do anything the whole movie. (laughs) Hey, someone got a package. What did, what did, what did you think it was? This is the perfect opportunity for you to break into their house and steal all of their stuff. Get in there. Get it all. Get it all. (laughs) Could you hear me at all? Yeah, I
1: heard you the whole time. Could he hear me?
0: No. No, he
1: couldn't. (laughs) I just I just heard this like massively loud knocking on my door, like the strength of a thousand men. And I opened the door and there's like a ninety year old man out there.
0: You wanted to fuck. Just my wife. You should have asked him you should have asked him if he'd seen children in the corn. All right. Well, I was in the middle of talking about Children of the Corn and then Ben got a package. Go ahead, Matt. Go <laughs> ahead. Oh, well, so as I was saying, um the main character Gene, well I can't, I fucking where. Basically, this old this this woman wants to find her grandma. The cops aren't helping and there's weird kids. that is the fucking plot of the movie and the kids like corn and there's a whole bunch of extraneous characters that exist only to die and that's not necessarily a problem but I think what really is going to make this movie worth talking about is some of the kills and some of the overall feelings about filmmaking so so just
1: quick um, breakdown of the characters we have here We have the main character, we have a uh, grocery store clerk, we have Granny herself who disappears in the beginning of the film, the other inhabitants of the complex, which takes up approximately 90% of the movie, include, as you would expect from a slasher movie, people will all have some sort of vice, there's the stoner dude. There's the paranoid man with heart problems who waves a gun around everywhere. There is the insolent elderly man who cusses out everyone he sees who's in a wheelchair. There is a stripper um, who honestly seems like a really well-adjusted person (laughs) in in the story, but unfortunately she's a stripper, so she's got to die. Um, And then, of course, there's our main character and the person who, if the movie went longer than 80 minutes, he would have become her, uh, he would have become her, her man. But instead, he is just random policeman and uh, he doesn't have any substantive uh, benefit to the plot. That's pretty much everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much everybody. And there's the weird priest guy who shows up and then disappears and maybe he's the kid but they really don't explain it give yourself it's his will so that's it then join us Something you should know. These little wreaths of yours, they're a real
0: fire hazard. Did you, did you see who
1: played the priest? Who plays the priest, Matt? The legendary
0: Michael Ironside.
1: <laughs> well, that probably explains why he's barely in the movie. Cause they yeah. got him for, I'm sure one shooting day. And I don't think they got everything they needed from him. They Cause got he shows up once as a mysterious man. He shows up once as like a mysterious man in the fog and, and then a second time he shows up and he's like, ah, you should listen to me or you'll die. And then he, she said, tells him to fuck off and he's, he never okay, shows up again.
0: So, so Ben and I realized that I think, well, this was made by Dimension Features. I think they bought a bunch of the sets or repurposed sets, uh, from New Line Because not only is the hallway of the apartment building almost the exact same hallway from Freddy's dad, but the priest in this movie is almost identical to Freddy's mom, who's the nun in the fifth and dream child, uh, who's just like floating around saying random shit, except for in dream child, that character actually has like a purpose. And this guy just is like, drink this wine, take communion bye-bye and then leaves the the movie
1: i'd say the first half of the movie is pretty fun in that if the movie does decide to go balls out bizarre there's a lot of characters you can have fun with like the stoner in the movie feels a lot like the stoner from cabin in the woods yeah, except this is a traditional movie where he just dies. So the second half of the movie is like the real comeback to Earth of, okay, this is just a slasher movie. People just die. The paranoid man gets a heart attack seeing children with his night vision goggles only or the uh, stripper goes into a bathtub.
0: Oh, like yeah.
1: Or I guess. And what? So okay. Wow. Pl- All right. <laughs> Well, that's what the movie's trying to tell us. And sure. so a child I throws corn in there, and it smothers one of the her.
0: One of the best children of the corn deaths you're ever going to see is a woman get into a bathtub. All of a sudden, for a little creepy child to pop up in front of the bathtub, sprinkle some corn into it, and then have her get attacked by corn vines. And you know, she handles it pretty well. Yeah, she's fine with it, really.
1: Like I, I, she's like, hey, I'm sure you're someone's kid, but you gotta leave now. I will say, yeah, she
0: was actually extremely kind at first about a young yeah, child in her bathroom watching her. Shower. I will say,
1: the brightest part of this movie to me was the fact that the Corn Children were fascinated by electronics. Oh, whenever yeah, there they was loved an issue an arcade machine. The main character would give them money to play. House of the Dead arcade where they would insist on shooting uh civilians as well. They did that and I was dying. <laughs> yeah. I maybe I'm easily pleased.
0: Well, uh, I think it, I think you're just you're new to the franchise. This is just like your kind of metal tastes. You're in regards ooh. to your to the to the chronology, you're just your you're raw, you're unboiled, you're unsalted, and you're you're ready to get in. You're real you're like a real pop, you're like a real plain popcorn right now. So anything mm. you put on top is going to be fine. Well, here in speaking of pops, Matt, let's talk
1: about the quality of pops or deaths in Children of the Corn Revelation. How how would you rank those out of 5? I I'd say like, these were like, very budget-minded. We're talking heart attacks being thrown off a building
0: but you don't really see it yeah uh, down a staircase this is a real like one out of five territory for deaths here i think the corn the corn in the bathtub is fun and genuinely ridiculous and if you had gone full like throw corn at somebody then like a cornstarch grows out of their head or like crazy shit like that i would have been in for it but i i I think you get some like made for t v deaths here all off screen all kind of real mild I mean nothing really there's nothing ridiculous enough that i'm I'm gonna get over the board and the silly deaths that are there aren't silly enough to actually be entertained like this doesn't have that go mode the granny energy this has well, real let's... like like Texas chainsaw massacre four vibes. Well, you know a big part of that is the quality
1: of the characters, or as we'll refer to them as cornictors. Oh, oh Sheboygan So Matt wh- i i I feel like the the character the cornictors here had some promise at the start. I don't think anyone was specifically bad. This was uh correct me if I'm wrong Matt. Was this not Naomi Watts's debut film, or was that *Children of the Corn* four?
0: That's *Children of the Corn* four, the movie we thought we were watching. See,
1: something to look forward to. I think these corn this is this is Claudia Mink enough, in the lead role. Except the FBI agent looks like the biggest douchebag on the planet. He's got testicles mm. for a chin. He has one emotion on his face. He shows up at the end completely unprompted.
0: And is nothing oh, but like yeah. a...
1: He's nothing but like a story pony.
0: Well, I he think doesn't they even forgot about like a, him. Yeah, they definitely forgot his character was in the movie. <laughs> and, and
1: then they went, oh my god, what do we do with him? And they just added three minutes onto the movie. Um, I give the Cornictors a, a, a two and a half out of five.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I'm, again, I'm going to like 1.5. Because at least okay, the way so we'll, the story we'll, we'll average character... it at a two at least the way the stoner character like smokes his bong while standing outside of the door of his apartment is h- hilarious. So like I get I get at least one good chuckle out of the characters and the way the man blows the fire out on the rooftop grill that he invites the main character to before getting conjoled into jumping off the building and then turning into a small corn child, that's pretty good.
1: And so, talking about children. What do we want to rank the children in this movie? I feel like oh, there's the children in this quality. film were quite strong. And and what I found fascinating is someone who has no idea about the backstory of Children of the Corn. When all these they're people kids. die, they're reborn as Children of the Corn. Pretty, pretty fun and spooky and crazy. I give the Children of the Corn 3.5 out of 5. Uh,
0: I'm going to go with a 2 out of 5 here. Only because I think... Well, the the quality of the children in the first movie is really high. But we're going to kind of sidle that one aside as the only good real movie here. Now, I think what holds the other films together is the real kind of force of nature the kids have. And the only really Mm. kind of like area in which the kids in this movie did anything was just kind of being weird. But they did play video games. So...
1: And and I need the people listening to understand, we're not really leaving anything out. This movie has no B-plots, no character growth. These people are all portraits that are meant to be erased very quickly afterwards. This movie has an 80-minute runtime to the 82. minute, which makes it 82 minutes. I'm so sorry. Which Fucking makes it perfect oh. for airing on television, which has about 20 minute break 20 minutes of breaks per hour.
0: Yeah.
1: Um well, I so so we've we've talked about the corn quality, we've talked about the pops, the cornictors, and the children. Adding all this up, what's your level of of enjoyment? What is what is your taste of children of the corn revelations
0: um you know i'm i'm coming in at you know like charm wise and how much of enjoyment i had out of this i'd say if i had watched it without you like one and a half uh charms but watching it as a um Watching it as like a group, yeah, I think that brings up to like a two two point five out of four charms. Okay, now out of five kernels, Matt, ooh, what what are where are you
1: giving it? Because this is we 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 have a separate Children of the Corn score here. Oh sure, the taste factor scored in kernels. These are all out of five kernels, Matt.
0: I'm gonna give this one. One and uh one and a half kernels out of five. I'm
1: gonna give it two and a half.
0: Why wow. two and a half?
1: So that averages us us out at two out of five kernels. Okay,
0: all right. Wow. So two two out of five kernels is our baseline,
1: and I think that's a pretty good place to start, honestly, yeah. in this cornology. So you and, say? and and it looks it looks like overall for this film, we're averaging about two kernels.
0: Yeah. I will see. This is the the score to beat. This is the baseline. It's nice and solid. It doesn't do anything too like arduously awful, but it also doesn't do anything too exciting either. It kind of rides right down the middle. We started with like the real middle of the pack option. Uh, now for for I, the I'm, movie, I'm
1: sure. Now I'm sure you people listening are wondering. You people, the thousands of you. You're probably wondering what is the lore behind Children of the Corn? What is what's the production? Where are the details? Well, we'll get to that when it's revealed to us. The <laughs> only corn history that is divulged to us is that decades ago. There was in, in a Gatling. corn-based child cult, and they all killed themselves except for one girl who escaped. And that girl turned out to be the grandmother, who Ooh. ended up turning into a corn cult person anyway. So I guess you—you you really you might need find
0: out and how how in how um, common of a storyline that may be. Oh well, we can only hope. We can only find out as time comes to us. Ah, uh,
1: well, next time when we tackle the cornology, the real question is which one in the the shuck-a-verse oh is it going to be? I'm running out of corn. I thought you, you could have made like a cornucopia joke. There will be a cornucopia of films we have yet to uncover. It's going to be quite amazing to find them all. And we're going to give you all an earful (laughs) once we see (laughs) another one. (laughs) And if you're wondering which movie to recommend, leave it to us because we stand planted firmly into the ground. And we can't wait to harvest all of your thoughtful comments on our Instagram as well as our subreddit r slash four TTC. Corn, goddamn right. I don't know that I have any more corn based, um, uh, cor- corn based. <laughs> I got about a third of what you just said. That's okay, Matt. Cause I set my uh, my uh, my microphone on fire with ethanol. Huh? What about ethanol?
0: It's corn. Forever with the sorry. Talk to you all later. I'm just
1: being a little corny. I'll catch you next time when the fourth times the charm. <laughs>
0: Talk, Talk to you all later. later.